The Nerd and Me Podcast presents The Week in Geek with your anchors, Alan and Jonathan, with the five-day forecast, The Weather Wizard, and Casey Jones on Sports. Good evening, this is Alan, and welcome to The Week in Geek. Jonathan, what's our top story? Alan, our parents told us for years, but oh. now it's official. One of our hobbies could possibly kill us. <laughs> okay. The World Health Organization has officially classified something called gaming disorder. It will be in the ICD-11. The ICD stands for the International Classification of Diseases, and 11 just stands for Revision, I guess. Yes, probably the 11th revision. Just to put it into context, when I was in college 20 years ago, 25 years, oh my god, 25 years ago, at this point, it was the ICD 10. So they don't, it's not like it comes out every year. It's like they do major revisions to them, and this is the 11th major revision, just like the DSM, which is for psychological disorders. They're up to their fifth one, and it was four, 20, you know, it was four had just come out when I was in college. Anyway, so. And the ICDM, the uh, International Classification of Diseases, they're adding gaming disorder. It's now, look, if you, if you or your kids come home after work or school and they sit in front of the TV for like six hours, don't freak out. doesn't mean you have gaming disorder. Basically, quoting from their website, the World Health Organization website says, for gaming disorder to be diagnosed, the behavior pattern must be of sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning and would normally have been evident for at least 12 months. So it's got to be a pervasive pattern of gaming, meaning you're ignoring your family, you're not going to work, you're not going to school, you might even be ignoring eating and things like that, and it has to be a pattern that's gone on for at least a year. I know for the past few years, we've we've read stories, usually in a, in a South Asian country, of someone dying at, at the gaming console because they've, they haven't eaten correctly or they not stopped playing for hours upon hours, like they're not sleeping. So I think this has spurred the World Health Organization on to look at this and to actually classify it as a disease. Funny enough, the DSM, which is the, uh, which I said earlier, is the psychological manual for mental health disorders. It's not listed as a mental health disorder, but in the latest revision, it's listed as something to look at. Um, and to think, you know, like the psychiatrists and psychologists will be looking at and thinking about for the next revision, if it should be included as a mental health disorder or not. Well, there are a couple of stories, too, but like similar to what you're saying, where there is this couple at like a video game cafe and they neglected their child at home because oh, wow. they were so obsessed with playing uh it was like a World of Warcraft kind of thing, you know, and they just neglected their kid. And, yeah, of course, he got arrested and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, this is it's, – it's, it is a huge thing. It's, it's definitely something that, that I would say is impactful psychologically too. But, uh, I mean, a while back there was even something called Gamer's Thumb. Do you remember that terminology yeah. before? Gamer's Thumb from like, like a physical therapist's point of view is basically straining the tendons in your thumb. You know, the technical word would be like decrovanes, tenosynovitis. And because right. you, you've used your thumbs on the on the on your gaming console, they were calling it gamer's thumb and stuff. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> so, there, no, I mean, there's, there's definitely some psychological and, and physical health yeah. problems going on. But I think the overarching thing is, and I think what the World Health Organization wants, wants people to look at this as, and the, the psychological associations, 
again, if your kid's playing four or five hours a day of gaming, it's not healthy per se, but it's also not considered a disease or a mental disorder. But I think they want people to understand that it can be, I think what the DSM is doing is if they do classify it in the next revision, it will go under some of the uh, addictive disorders, you know, gambling, uh, obviously alcohol and drugs, sex, uh, shopping, it, it might fall under those disorder, like an, an obsessive, um, not obsessive, but a, a, an addictive disorder, which makes sense because, I mean, if you're just so focused on one thing that you're neglecting your food, you're neglecting your family, you're neglecting your work, that tends to lead towards some kind of addictiveness to whatever you're dealing with. There's this article I read also about, you know, not necessarily video games, but even like things of like use of your cell phone and stuff and why why people do have a ten- tendency to pick up their phone and just to like open up Facebook or, or open up Instagram. And they talked about like addiction, for example, right? But they talked about it's that instant gratification that you actually start releasing your endorphins. Right. So, mm-hmm. oh, I got something. There's something exciting. There's something new. It stimulates my brain. I want to do it again and again and again. So it almost becomes that habit because you get that that little touch of endorphins running inside your system. And that leads into that that addiction part of it, too. So yeah, it's, it's nuts. But but right. like, that's the world. Right. That's not. Yeah. Good. I mean, if, if you tie in notifications, like if you get notification sounds like a ping or something. You know, that's almost Pavlovian, you yeah, know? Yeah. You hear that ping, you're like, ooh, you know, someone's viewed something, someone likes something I, I posted. And right. um, yeah, we're all susceptible to it, you know what I mean? I think you and I didn't grow, obviously grow up with this technology, came out when we were adults. So, and we were susceptible to it too. We were just talking before about uh, one of your Instagram accounts and one of mine where, where we're just posting things. And I'm like, dude, I'm up to this many followers. And like, yeah, I'm doing great on this thing. And so when you're growing up with that one, that's your norm. I think it's um, even more uh, important to the kids today, you know. What do you think it was when you and I were kids back, let's say, let's say we were talking in the 80s decade. What do you think our issue was back then? I mean, I would still say it probably could be video games, too. Arcade. Well, sorry, arcade. arcade or maybe, um, maybe just TV. Because, I mean, I mean, for us, uh, we talk a lot. MTV, yeah. Yeah, could be TV, uh, yeah, music videos because they were three minute clips of things. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because like even the phone, like we didn't have, you know, if the phone rang at the house, chances were it was for your parents, you know. Sure. So it's not like you get excited if the phone rang. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't equate it to anything in particular. Yeah, maybe video games. I mean, yeah, because they had the bells and the whistles and the high scores and all that kind of stuff. And I think you're um, right. TV, TV probably because you and I grew up in an age where we had like, like, if you had talk TV stations, like legit TV stations, ABC, CBS, and NBC, right. and all of a sudden, boom, we have, like, quadruple, quadruple amount of channels to hit from, like, your brain exploded. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can definitely see that. Or, or, or maybe Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> my addiction yeah. of highlighting my TV got it and trying to map out my cartoons for the morning. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, my, and I, would, I would do that for um, the new fall season. I would map out what shows I'd right. watch. And, <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. There you go. So it could be TV for us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing was, because now you can watch anything almost anytime you want. I think kids don't feel the need. Well, hey, I don't even think kids are sitting in front of the TV and we're gonna watch it on a phone or to watch it on a, on a, on a, on a on like an iPad type of device, a, a tablet. But you know, we had to be in front of our TV on Monday nights to watch the AT. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It couldn't be like we couldn't, you know, even even back in the early days, it's not like we all had VCRs and stuff we could record it. So we had to be 
in front of the TV at certain times in our lives, you know, for our parents to take and say, well, I'm going to miss the A-team. You know what I mean? Hey, we did a whole show on must-see TV and meant to say that yeah. you stayed home and watched TV. Yeah. Exactly. That's so, nice. yeah, I guess TV would be for us. I mean, if anybody else has a different thought out there, you know, contact us and let us know what you think it was. Yeah. Wow. Curious to hear. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a huge thing that the World Health Organization has done that. And the uh, gaming industry has come out saying, and they're taking a, a kind of a, a, a good, uh, not a good stance, but they're taking a, a different kind of stance on this thing you thought. They're basically saying, you know, you shouldn't, you know, uh, saying gaming is a, a, a disorder trivializes real disorders. So, you know, that's silly that you're doing that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? As opposed to saying, like, no, we don't cause addiction or anything like that. They're saying, you know, uh, you know, it's silly and you shouldn't lump us in with real disorders because you're, you're trivializing people that really have problems, that have real problems. Right. But it's the World Health Organization. I'm sure they didn't come to this decision just haphazardly, you know. Yeah. yeah. There's got to be a lot of evidence for it and other stuff like that. So it's, it's interesting to see where this is going to go. I've always found it weird how the video game people would be like, oh, you know, our games don't desensitize people to shootings and stuff like that and then violence. But now you have them saying that it's so addictive people are dying or neglecting their kids or neglecting their self-care or neglecting their family over it. Yeah. So I wonder what kind of relationship there is. I mean, it's got to have some kind of impact on you. This right. Much gaming. And again, I'm saying this as someone that formerly gamed and I, don't, I just don't game anymore. It, it leaked past my skill set. So I don't even <laughs> pick up the controller anymore. Um, so it's interesting. I'm curious to see where it's going. I think if it makes it to the DSM with the mental disorders, you're going to see a lot of people like kind of looking around saying, all right, we might really have to look into this and see what we have to do about this. Right, right. That's my opinion. Okay. All right. Uh, Alan, we have some uh, box office news. Let's hear it. All right. We have box office. As predicted by you last week, Aladdin came in number one, making $91.5 million domestically over the weekend. Wow. You throw that in with its... Now again, it was a three-day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you throw that in with their international intake, and they have a total box office of $267.8 million, which is very good for a, a brand-new movie. In second place was John McCree. It made in the U.S. $30.9 million over the weekend. The second weekend of release for a global total of 185.5 million. And in third place, making a nice rebound, last weekend it only made 17 million. Uh, this weekend it made 22 million. Wow. It was Avengers Endgame, made 22 million. Currently at 1.88 billion foreign, 805.2 domestic, for a total of 2.688 billion dollars. So still has not yet topped Avatar. Damn it. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's getting close. It's about maybe one and a half, 150 million away, maybe. Wow. If it stays in theaters long enough, it should break it, but I don't know. Yeah, so, and we talked about Aladdin. We, we released our show on Aladdin this weekend, uh, so go take a listen. I think Aladdin is going to have pretty decent staying power. Next week, Alan, we have Godzilla, King of the Monsters, being released. That's getting uh, early buzz of goodness. Yeah, I've read a few things, and it's getting it's getting but it's like the monster fights are awesome, but the story's weak. Right, I think is what I'm hearing. But you know, I'm not going to Godzilla for Pride and Prejudice. I'm going for 
monster fighting. <laughs> and then uh, also the uh, the Elton John biopic Rocket Man is also opening this weekend. There you go. So I think those are your two big openings this week. Uh, Godzilla. I also here's a little public service announcement. Godzilla has a post credit scene, and then the article I read says, "But stick around and watch the credits because it adds." It's like not specifically a post credit scene, but it's a something goes on during the credits that they think is important. So during the credits. Yeah, there's like a post. Okay. There's like a there's like a post credit scene, and then not like end 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 the credits, like maybe a mid credit scene, and then like something is happening during the credits that's supposed to be I don't know important. Because <laughs> I think they are still on track to do Godzilla versus King Kong next year, 2020. Wow. All right, so predictions. Now we have Aladdin, Wick, and Avengers this week, and then we have Godzilla and Rockman coming out this weekend. What's your top three for next weekend? Top three: Godzilla. Aladdin, Elton John. Jeez, okay. I don't know. Elton John doesn't doesn't look very exciting. Well, it, yeah, it's, you, you really need a specific. Yeah, well, lots of trailers, <laughs> right? But like, I don't think anyone's really talking about. It. Yeah, you're not bringing kids to it either. Yeah, yeah, I think Aladdin tops it. So you're going Godzilla, Aladdin, and Rocketman. So you yeah. still have Rocketman in the top three. All right. Yeah. So Wicked Avengers are falling out of the top three. Sounds like it. I'm going to go Aladdin, Godzilla, and uh, I can't decide between Wick and Avengers. I'll go Avengers. I probably be probably wrong, but I'll go Aladdin. I mean, I'm sorry, Godzilla, Aladdin, and Avengers. Oh, wait, did you say Godzilla first, then Aladdin? Yes. Okay, Godzilla, Aladdin. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Sounds good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Cool. I don't know. The Avengers take a long time to break Avatar. I'm getting a little worried. <laughs> telling you analyst says they won't make it bastards <laughs> we have to believe yeah well yeah they're first anyway all right that's enough with the box office info alan you know what time it is it's time to hit it alan yo mr daniel craig was hurt on the set of filming a bond 25 um, I guess a week ago, and he will be having minor ankle surgery. It was briefly, the filming was briefly stopped, but they're going to continue filming around his character so as to be able to keep their release date of April the 8th, 2020. Hmm. Now, uh, this is his last bond, I think they reported, right? Uh, that's the rumor, yeah. Daniel Craig's. They say that all the so, time, though. That's true, too. I think Daniel Craig was just trying to keep up with Tom Cruise. So, Tom Cruise. Destroy his ankle jumping off that roof. It's like, I gotta do something like that. Yeah. Well, while so, yeah, Tom Cruise was rehabbing, he was flying a freaking helicopter. <laughs> that's that's a beast. Stud. I know, right? Uh, you like the Daniel Craig Bond movies, right? Or no? Uh, no. The, the last one, ooh, was it Spectre? Boy, that, so. was, that was a snoozer. That was a big snoozer. Yeah. What was it about? There was a Quantum of Solace. There was a not Nightfall. Casino uh, Royale. Skyfall. Casino Royale was the first one. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. After that, I think it kind of went downhill after that. Yeah. I think it was Quantum of Solace after that. Skyfall. And then Spectre. Spectre. Oh. Yeah. Skyfall was that great either, I thought. Yeah. 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 Hey, Spectre came out. You know what's funny? Spectre came out almost within months of... Um, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which was fantastic. And it had a very similar storyline. 
Yeah, they were both about rogue... Um, right, agents. Rogue divisions of CIA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and, 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 <laughs> Mission Impossible is way better. Yeah, Mission Impossible is really good. All right, well, good luck, Daniel Craig. Get back to feeling about 25. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan, speaking oh. of video games, because they're so awesome to play all the time... <laughs> <laughs> the Avengers Project is what it, its unofficial name is. This game was announced back in January of 2017. Well, E3 is coming up, John, and they're going to debut the real name of the game as well as what the game is going to be about. I guess the big news about this one is actually who's developing this game. Crystal Dynamics, they actually were the developers of the 2011 Tomb Raider reboot. And another company that is tied in with more of like singer player action. So they're assuming it's going to be something like that, which I'm glad because the last Call of Duty game, they're going around this like Fortnite esque battleground kind of thing. And I was, I was afraid that Marvel was going to go down that direction. But they think it's going to be more lines of the, the latest Spider Man game that came out on the PlayStation. So it's going to be very story heavy. More likely a single player campaign, so I think there's a lot of buzz about this one. That it's not it's not gonna be just a beat 'em up kind of thing. It's actually gonna be a good storyline behind it. Alright, so uh, we will look for that at E three, huh? E three will be the official name coming out. There is a teaser trailer that did come out, which is pretty cool. The trailer starts off with Captain America's shield, Iron Man, Thor's hammer all on the ground as if something bad happened, right? And Ooh. uh that the trailer ends with a hash, hashtag reassemble. So maybe this is the game of leading up to Endgame. I'm not too sure. But like I said, it, it sounds nice. It sounds like it's going to be a single player campaign, a good storyline. I'm very, very excited about this game. I can't wait for this to come out. Sweet. And aren't we, um, well, we're, we're in negotiations with Bernie to come back for E3, right? <laughs> she said she'd do something for us. Uh, the problem with E3 is that this happens during the work week. And right. uh, we're trying to figure out how to stream YouTube on our li- on our big TVs at work <laughs> without getting in trouble. Because obviously we're going to be staring at it the whole time. But we'll, we'll figure something out if, if I can get, you know, her uh, play the game, her and Richard to give like a little summary maybe. I hope. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. Um, if not, we'll still do our best to give an E3 report after it's over. Yeah, we'll try. Uh, all right. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Alan, the uh, trailer for the CBS All Access show, Star Trek Picard, was released. And it shows, uh, basically shows Picard back on Earth at his family's uh, vineyard. And there's a voiceover talking about how he led the greatest rescue armada, armada of uh, in Starfleet history. And then something happened during this rescue mission that made him quit Starfleet. And it's 15 years later, and whoever the woman talking the voiceover is talking to him, basically it ends with her going, why did you leave Admiral or something along those lines. Uh, It's said that this show will be more of a character-driven show. It will really explore the, I guess, psychological of where Picard is now, the psychological impact of whatever happened. Uh, The rumor is it's kind of in the... It's called the Prime Universe, which is the the original the original series of the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and the Voyager Universe, whereas the J.J. Abrams stuff kind of created a, a separate timeline. And I don't know where Star Trek Discovery fits into all this, but <laughs> so basically, if you remember Star Trek One, it starts with Kirk's father's ship being attacked by a futuristic Romulan ship. Remember, it's a Romulan ship that followed Spock to the past. 
and they were angry at Spock because they blamed him for the destruction of Romulus. Mm -hmm. So the rumor is that Picard's rescue mission armada is this armada that goes to help, you know, either save the people of Romulus or, you know, get them off the planet before whatever happens, happens. So that's the rumor and that either something happened where he failed in the mission or whatever, something that broke him and made him lose faith in Starfleet and he would leave it. So uh, I'm excited about it. I like I like Picard. I love anything, almost anything that Patrick Stewart does, and uh, it it looks good. But Star Trek Discovery was getting a lot, a lot, a lot of criticism online for kind of not being a Star Trek in the vein of of the of the traditional Star Trek. Um, I watched Discovery. I liked it, but I could totally see why diehard Trekkers or Trekkies didn't like it. You know, it's not enough like, sci-fi stuff. No, too probably too much sci-fi. And oh, not enough. A lot of what they would call the writing is not very smart. Let's hmm. put that. Okay. Um, it's very. It can be also cliche, but there's. I think that's the thing. There's a lot. They they sacrifice all that stuff for a lot of action, a lot of good action, a lot of good special effects, which is why I liked it because I was never a deep start uh, trekkie or trekker. But I can see if someone did that and someone did do that to Star Wars, and I know how I felt. So I kind of I empathize in that sense. I go, well, if this was Star Wars, how would I feel? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'd be super angry. So yeah, and, I, and then again, I don't know where Discovery fits in any of the timelines because. It's supposed to take place 10 years before the original series, but all the technology is so much advanced, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but this Picard show looks really good. Okay. Yep. And it's going to be CBS All Access released later this year. We didn't get an official release date yet, though. Very nice. Cool. Uh, Jonathan, Arnold's back in the news again. He's recovering from his drop kick to the back that he didn't feel. But uh, he has teamed up with Stanley's company, Pow Entertainment, to start a cartoon. Yeah, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's the concept is he's a kindergarten teacher with superpowers. It's not a tumor. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. And he lost his powers, and then his children, his his students, start developing powers, and essentially he just kinds of, you know, helps them along. And it's going to be one of those learn lessons kind of TV shows. So it should be interesting. I remember back in the day, gosh, this must have been like 10 years ago. I remember Stanley and Arnold were supposed to start a cartoon called The Governator. Do you remember that? Ugh, yeah. yeah, well, obviously that didn't happen. And maybe that was a good idea. But <laughs> this is interesting. You know, like when I, I mean, it does sound kind of corny, but I think you and I grew up in a lot of cartoons that, that had like, like a meaning Me- to it, you know, yeah, like a learn a lesson, like a message, right? Like G.I. Joe did it, He-Man did it. So when I when I heard this little concept, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Maybe, maybe this could work, you know, uh, to see Arnold as a cartoon character. Um, Fabian Nichizia, I think you know him. I think he was a Green Lantern writer, I think. No, he was a, a New Warriors. Oh, no, that's right, New Warriors. Yeah, so he's, he's doing yeah. a... The script for this, so he's gonna be on board. So he's a good writer. So hopefully this works out for cool. them. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned He Man and GI Joe, and they would do little snippets at the end of their episodes, as part of episodes. But you shows like the Mr. T show, and um, I think the WWF cartoon also did it, where their whole the whole episode was kind of like a lesson that you had to learn. Obviously, the Care Bears was all about teaching lessons. So yeah, it was very very prevalent when we were growing up. And I think this is a great idea, Arnold. You know, being 70 or 60-something odd years old now, you know, using his voice is probably the best way to go with this. And the fact that he's a kindergarten teacher, you know, reminiscent of kindergarten cop. Right. That's why I threw in the, it's not the Duma. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think if we were to try to watch it, it would be very childish for us. I mean, maybe we'll try the first episode or whatever, but 
I don't know. It's, it's definitely not going to be like an adult swim type thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And another cool thing about it, too, is remember in Spider-Man and his amazing friends, you'd hear Stanley do a little intro voiceover and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So Stanley will be in animated form doing like the intro for the shows, too. So that should be fun. How's that going to happen? Well, it's going to Stanley impersonator, of course. Oh, OK. What are you, a Ouija board? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Because yeah, manager was involved. Yeah. He knew how it was going uh, Dude, we didn't talk about that. We brought up Yadavis, didn't we talk Did about we? that? Oh, well, okay, the latest news is that he can get up to 15 years in prison. <laughs> nice. Throw the book at him. Throw the comic book at him. Seriously, yes. Those big bombs of bone. You ever see how big bone is, that trade paperback? Yes. Yeah. Throw the hard cuts. Throw the hardcover kingdom come at him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. All right. All right. All right. Alan, as per DC Universe Online's tradition at this point, once one show ends, a new show begins. Last Friday saw the last episode of the first season of Doom Patrol. I highly recommend Doom Patrol. It's a very good series. It's, it's weird. If you like weird, it's, it's you love this show. But last episode premiered last Friday, and their new show, Swamp Thing, is premiering this Friday, um, March, nope, May 31st. And it looks like they're, almost like they're going on a horror genre type twist with this thing. A lot of like jump scares and stuff in the trailer. So I'm going to be watching this one with one eye open. <laughs> Same um, yeah, but, you know, like I said, the thing, look, you know, I'm going to go on a little editorial here. I like DC Online, and, you know, I didn't like Titans, but other than that, I like I like their original content. I just wish they would do something else or roll it out quicker or do something. Because I'll, you got to get me to turn on DC Universe Online more than once a week, is all I'm saying. Hmm. And, and releasing 20,000 comic books isn't doing it for me, because I don't know who sits in front of their TV and reads a comic book. Have you read one? I have not. I've, I've opened the many. <laughs> What's cool is they have Grant Morrison's JLI up there, so I tried to read those, but I just can't. I just feel weird sitting in front of my TV trying because I can't read them on on like a tablet. It doesn't feel natural to me. There's it's the reason this, why I don't read digital comics. You know, there's this comic book app, but and it's not you know the, the mainstream comic book companies, but they I think it's called oh gosh I don't know what it is. Anyway, it's it's a comic book app where they have some other independent comic books. And it, the format looks like a comic book itself with the panels and stuff, but they move. There's at least some movement going on inside there, so it's just not like a static picture. And it really works well because it pops a little bit. They give it like a little 3D effect without making it like a cartoon, but still feeling like a comic book. Like It almost feels like the comic book comes alive per right. each panel. And I, I mean, if they did something like that, I think I'd be, be a little more engaged. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just not... I've just fallen out of having read comic books, I guess that's the thing. I mean, I'll read some things on digital, but the DC online stuff, I just can't. And the thing is, every, like, uh, comicology or anything like that, everybody has their own interface, like how to interface. So yeah. you got to learn different ways to, like, I still got to learn how to use a DC universe online. I can open a book, but I don't know how to make it bigger. I don't know how to turn it page. It's just crazy. Wow. I just don't have the patience for it. What a bummer. Yeah, and I think, well, I think there's just some basic software stuff they got to work out. It, it loads slow. It I don't think it's easy. The searching is easy for things. You know what I mean? Or the browsing, at least. Like, I think if you know exactly what you want, you go on there and you type it in, you can find it. But if you're like, oh, I want good Batman. Well, not Batman, because they do highlight Batman a lot. Oh, I want good, you know, Doom Patrol. No, that's never mind. If you, if you want something that's maybe not so 
pop. I want good Blue Beetle stories. It takes it's harder to find them. You know what I mean? You know, it'd be smart for them since they have all their uh, like DC movies, like Batman, Superman, and all. It's like, for example, Superman one. It'd be smart for them to, for example, let's say you're gonna watch Superman one, Christopher Reeves, and in that, you know, movie thing, they can have like hyperlinks to specific comic books that could be related to the movie you know right. so using the comic books more as a database of information you know kind of referencing back to the comic book of the origin and i mean that makes more sense mm-hmm. yeah because other than that i agree with you i couldn't i couldn't i don't think i would want to sit in front of my tv screen reading a comic book right and, yeah and, and i mean they have a community and all that stuff there and i don't know i just I need more reasons to open it up as a long time. All right. So what you're saying is bye bye DC online when when your contract's over? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Eh? Well, I need I need to make room for Disney. I might be getting rid of Netflix too. Yeah. And my Hulu's running out soon too. So. <laughs> I'm clearing the board. I'm clearing the board. That's right. All I mean, right. I, need, I have no thing in my heart except for D- Disney Plus. <laughs> That's right. No room at the end. All right. All right. Quick it. Uh, speaking of digital movies, Jonathan, Captain Marvel went online, uh, let's see, Tuesday, a couple days, oh, what's today? Yesterday, yesterday, and it is doing gangbusters, man. This movie cannot stop. It's already going to surpass Black Panther, back of 2018's big movie, and yeah. In terms of sales or downloads? Or- uh, yeah, so Fandango, uh, what is it called? Fandango's now is their digital way of, I guess, buying movies, I guess akin to like iTunes buying iTunes movies and stuff so it's their digital format and Captain Marvel is still doing very well they did a little poll as to what what is the interest of re-watching the film after seeing Endgame and it was 91% really? very high very high very high <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of love for Captain Marvel bro a lot of love for I don't Captain know Marvel. man what are we missing? we're missing some well <laughs> I don't know what it is but there's a lot of love for Captain Marvel, and the and the money talks. So, get ready for more. Yeah, what do, what are we missing from? What are we not seeing in Captain Marvel that people love this movie? I'll tell you something. I caught my dad watching Venom last night, and you and I were kind of like okay with it about it. He yeah. loved it, and my dad doesn't follow comic books, right? And he liked it. Right, maybe it's us, man. <laughs> it is. We're old cranky men. I guess so, but I don't. I just I think objectively, as the movies go, they're not good movies. They're not written well. They're not. Do you think maybe since we started this podcast and you know, you know, we are doing movie reviews and commenting and stuff? Do you think maybe that's taken the fun out of it in a sense of can I just sit and watch a movie and just enjoy it for what it is? Versus, all right, I'm going to be comparing this to this to this to this to that. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's it. I think I, I really think they're not good movies. Yeah, hey, hey, I'm on your. At least with here. Captain Marvel. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Captain Marvel's got so many problems. I thought. But, yeah, but look at the money it made, and we already agreed upon that money is not made on its opening. It's made on rewatching, and this thing here of Fandango now is saying it's it's already their top selling thing, and ninety one percent want to rewatch that film after watching Endgame. Not so. Yeah, I don't like. What do they think? Uh, it, like, it adds nothing to it. That movie adds nothing to Endgame. Right, right. Yeah, she was hardly in the movie. Right. Well, there you go. Like I said, money talks. So get ready for more. Yeah, well, we knew that was coming. All right. Well, All right. good. Good for it, I guess. <laughs> Click it. <laughs> I Click it. <laughs> Star Wars, Alan Knight of Knights of the Old Republic is reported to be becoming a movie to the point where a script is almost finished. 
it's said to focus on now I've never played the video game but it's said to be focused on the characters of Bastilia Shan Darth Malak and Darth Revan uh, which I have the uh, Black Series figure Darth Revan mm-hmm. thank you it's written by Leita Caligridis who wrote uh, Shutter Island wow and uh, some other stuff I didn't write down but pretty impressive stuff she has a pretty pretty decent pedigree Oh, she wrote the Alter Carbon for Netflix, which I didn't watch, but it got pretty decent reviews. And then something else I can't remember. But yeah, so she's almost done with it. And then they're going to make this movie. Now, I don't know how this fits into the timeline we reported about about a month ago, mm-hmm. because they only it only listed three Star Wars movies, and we assumed that those are the Game of Thrones guys movies. And I'm pretty sure they're doing the writing on those movies as well as the producing. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like. Maybe it's, maybe it's something for Disney Plus. Hmm. I mean, if they were smart, they'd do a Knights of the Old Republic TV series. Sure. Because that's just Game of Thrones with lightsabers. <laughs> so, yeah. I, they it only makes it better. Like yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm excited for it, even though I don't know the Knights of the Old Republic. But at least, it, you know, I mean, it takes place thousands of years before A New Hope. So at least, you know, it gives you some distance from what's been going on in Star Wars recently. Right. And, that, and I think that's a good step also, where you're, everyone's going in fresh with the same foot starting at the same time. So, yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a good step to take. And with the success of Game of Thrones, like you said, Game of Thrones with lightsabers, I mean, that's, that's a win, I think. Yeah. Shutter Island was sick, man. That was a great movie. It really was really <laughs> yeah, good. It was. Wow, that's awesome. That's, that's like very encouraging. Yep. All right. So, yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know that Disney. Like, we don't know what Disney's doing with Star Wars, and I'm starting to think they don't know what they're doing with Star Wars. <laughs> because, again, the, their, their timetable released up to 2026. It had three Star Wars movies in it, and it, they said it's going to be the, the Game of Thrones guys movies. So either this is in some backdoor way one of the Game of Thrones guys movies, or it's something totally different. So who knows? All right. I guess Go we'll ahead. find out. Yeah. Everything's going to feel like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick it, Jonathan Spawn. Remember that guy? I do remember Spawn. Does anyone remember it now? Is this thing even relevant anymore? <laughs> I think I think Spawn's pretty popular. The comic book's still going. Um, really? Yeah, the cartoon series on HBO that did pretty well. Uh, it's got a fan base. I think it's got the same fan base as Venom. Okay. Anyway, Tom McFarlane reveals that his new film has hit his snag. Tom McFarlane, as you know of Spider-Man fame and and Spawn, he's one of those guys that wants total creative control and apparently the script is kind of in limbo right now McFarlane wants to do a movie without doing like an like a origin story I guess and he just wants to get right into it and apparently that's where things are getting kind of fumbled upon he says that if not everyone's on the same page he's pulling the plug so we may not see a Spawn movie after all but uh Spawn. Jamie Foxx is supposed to uh, be the lead role with Jeremy Renner as Clown? Oof. Oh. All right. Okay. Someone needs to pull the plug on this. <laughs> well, I say $15. We're not going to that thing. Yeah, I think the thing I read said that it's like the money's there, but everybody that's all the people that are throwing money into it, they have a little different things they don't like about the script or they want the change. And McFarland's like, well, if, you know, we'll get it together. We'll do it. But I'll pull, I'll shut it all down if I have to. That's exactly what he says. So let's hope he has to shut it all down. <laughs> <laughs> That's just mean. I don't know why we're like this. <laughs> um, yeah, we just, we just never gravitate towards the That's why. 
Yeah. yeah. You know what's cool well, about Spawn? When the comic book first came out, what was very intriguing about it was he had this timer, right? Like if he used like Spawn juice or Spawn energy, it would slowly dip. And I remember him saying like that, that was cool about it because it became finite. So it made the character right. interesting. And then he just totally did away with it. All right. <laughs> he just yeah, like that's the thing. He was brought back from hell to work for the devil, right? Yeah. But he had a certain amount of like time or whatever. Like the more power he used, the, the more he would drain or something like that. Right, exactly. So yeah. there was there was a little pressure on there, which was it was a very nice gimmick, and that all changed. Then it just stopped. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I never gravitated towards Spawn. I mean, it was just uh, not Spider-Man ripoff per se, but he did look a lot like McFarlane's Spider-Man <laughs> with a Doctor Strange cape and right, right, right. Punisher skulls and yeah, yeah. Marvel so. ripoff. <laughs> yeah, I never gravitated towards <laughs> Alright, well, good luck Swan movie, I guess. Okay. Alright, quick it. Quick it. Um, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, to no one's surprise, has been pushed back from being released in November of this year to February of next year. Obviously due to the re- to the directors and the people making the movie capitulating to people's complaints about how Sonic looked in the first trailer. They're going back and redesigning Sonic so he looks more like his video game counterpart. And like I said, that's going to um, take some time. Okay. So they pushed it back. So there you go, people of the internet. You complained and got what you wanted. <laughs> and they didn't need a change.org petition to do it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Man. Well, whatever. Video game properties are pretty big. So I guess if you're going to put it out there, you want it to be successful. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Right. All right. All right. Quick hit. Speaking of more movies, Jonathan, back when Captain Marvel came out, there was a whole slew of negative reviews and it was skewing the numbers and Rotten Tomatoes was freaking out. And I think they, what did they do? They, they paused the scoring up until the film release and then they re-released the scores again. Did you do something like that? Uh, anyway, Rotten Tomatoes is changing the way they do things in regards to who actually gets to show their score. They are verified members and verified members will have to show or display some sort of way of actually having a film ticket to say they actually watched the movie. So, what does that mean? Uh, it means nothing. I mean, people are <laughs> so obsessed with Rotten Tomatoes, go for it. But you and I both said Rotten Tomatoes scores are just bunk. So, uh, But it is interesting that they're trying to make a way to have like legitimate scores in there, and no, fine. Yeah, they're still going to take non-verified score, but they're going to separate them out. Right. Right. Yeah, so, and then it's weird because I saw the new system. It's like you have to verify that you bought the ticket somewhere or something like that. Yeah, and you know, it reminds me of MoviePass. You know how you take a picture of your ticket stub? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, remember those days? Oh, F MoviePass. Yeah, F it hard and it's A. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. All right, so, whatever. Rotten Tomatoes, you lost. I've lost all faith in you over the past few months. If you want to see a real score, check out our Instagram account. Jonathan and I will now be posting our our own score. How about that? So mm-hmm. give you an idea as to what we felt about it. If you kind of align with you know my thoughts or Jonathan's thoughts, you'll see it right there. And you can make an informed decision right then and there. See how right, we are. So, We're legit. 
So Alan and I don't do spoiler-free reviews, and if you haven't watched the movie yet and you don't want to listen to our show until after you see the movie, Alan's still going to post on Instagram our uh, 1 to 10 scale, so at least you'll know where Alan and I stand on the movie if that will help you decide to go see it or not. Yeah, just And like then a, after uh-huh. you go see it, you can listen to our show. Exactly. Like Aladdin, we know a lot of people were on the fence about it, so maybe if they saw our score, it may make them help a little a little bit. Maybe, maybe not, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, there. it's there for your own pleasure. Now, I know it's not a competition, and I haven't looked recently, but I saw after you posted it that one of our listeners agreed with my score and not yours. So, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> okay, and do you know who that person is? Sugar Bear or something? Yeah, she has poor taste in movies. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> ah, she's my buddy. <laughs> it's okay. She's not listening. <laughs> I'm going ch- to check again. I'm checking right now to see if I have uh... So, it's one nothing. Okay. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, yeah, it hasn't changed. All right. One nothing. I'm surprised we're not that far apart, man. They're one whole point. Okay. 7.5 versus 8.5. All right. Well, I still stand by my score. I, when I walked out of Latin, I was yeah. blown away. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. This one, I liked it, but I didn't walk away like, oh, my God, that's the best thing ever. That's not an 8.5 to me. I might have. I mean, to be fair, I might have still been crushing on Jasmine. Yeah, well, it's fair. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's so funny how you said she looked like, what's her name? Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Because I was thinking at the whole movie, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I bring this up on the show, and I totally forgot. And then you brought it up. I was like, oh, my God, that's right. I mean, it's spot. It was almost a little distracting because I was like, gosh, she's so pretty. But then I saw her on James Corden, and I texted you. Something, Scott? Yeah, something uh-huh. was different. Something was different about her, and I oh. texted you what it was. You didn't text me that. I did, but anyway. Oh. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, huh? Huh? Uh, let's just say the costuming was really good on the line. Oh, okay. I, I, yes, you did text me. <laughs> no, but she is a beautiful woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 All right. All right. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes, whatever. I mean, I like Metacritic. It's pretty much the same thing, but they they haven't done the things that uh, Rotten Tomatoes has done recently. So sure, I tend to go to them. All right. And finally, Adam Shazam. Shazam. We'll be re- Shazam. We'll be released digitally July 2nd and on Blu-ray and other assorted forms of purchasable discs on July 16th. It's said to include 20 minutes of deleted and or extended scenes. Right on. Shazam was a um, kind of a secret hit. We didn't expect Well, I didn't expect to like it. I, I liked it. And um, I think you liked it more than you thought you would too, right? Absolutely. I enjoyed yeah, so- it. It was, it, was, it was lots of fun. Lots of fun. In spite of Zachary Levi's costume, I was okay with it. But you made a very, very good point. It still sticks with me in the fact that when Shazam is adult Shazam, he acted more of a kid than Billy Batson. And I was like, well, that's a very good point. Like, that was a little overacting then. Well, that's the director's fault. You got to say, you know, Zach, you got to reel this in. Right, right. You can't act more more mature than the kid. kid. Right. Or, Or you make Billy Batson more childish. You know, right, so I mean, you, you, to match you can't. It. Right, so whatever. It's a small thing, and maybe they'll change in the next movie, but we'll see. Hey, dude, if I if I had the powers of Captain Marvel, I'd be I'd be goofing off too. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, but I but then you, I don't know. Would you be more mature and responsible as a when you're Billy Batson? All right, true. Yeah, and again, yeah, you're supposed to have the wisdom of Solomon. Right. Does maturity come with that? Uh, no. Maturity is experience, I think. I guess so. All right. 
that's a debate for another show. <laughs> All right. All right. Alan, thus ends Quick Hits, and thus ends an episode of The Week in Geek. This is Alan signing off. This is Jonathan saying, you stay classy wherever you are. <laughs>